Hello friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is a show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is a show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Tracy Papandreou. I'm an active member of the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide, and I'm passionate about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. It's wonderful to be able to share with you, and I really do hope you'll enjoy today's show. This week we started a brand new series, Mythbusters, Examining Non-Biblical Beliefs of the Christian World, and we launched the series with the topic, Is Creation and the Flood a Fable? Now, there's been lots of good discussions covered. So just a reminder that you can catch up on any of the programs by going to the website at faithfm.com.au and the podcasts area there. Likewise, you can access past programs via the Faith FM app. Want to share one of the programs you liked with a friend? You can also do that from the website or app. Now, yesterday, Fabio and Helen looked at what Jesus believed about creation. It's pretty important to know for a Christian, given that we are called to model Christ and his teachings, not what the world thinks instead. And today, we've got our very own pastor, Gary Hodgkin, normally Drive Time host, on the other side of the desk to help us look at the topic, Why is my worldview important? So for those who might be new to Drive Time, Pastor Gary is pastor to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church, and he's actually the brainchild behind our Drive Time program, which he regularly hosts. Welcome, Gary. Great to have your wisdom and experience to help guide us through the topic today. Uh, Tracy, it's really good to be able to come and and join uh, with you. I I love uh, being able to sit on both sides of the desk. You know, it's like being able to uh, learn learn to to drive that it's wonderful to have so many more hosts uh, that are becoming skilled and proficient in actually utilizing this uh, this equipment and it is fantastic uh, to have uh, have Tracy uh, actually uh, doing the taking the leadership role <laughs> well you know I know I've got big shoes to fill that's for sure um, you know all of us co-hosts where we've had a go at the at the panel uh, in the last couple of weeks it's been a big learning curve. But, um, yeah, it's been great to be working with the yeah, team. Yeah, just so our, our listeners are actually aware, one of the things we've actually been trying to do is to uh, to introduce more uh, speakers, more uh, people, more individuals into the leadership role of uh, of drive time because uh, this is a huge commitment uh, and I really appreciate particularly the number of uh, lay, lay-based people who are taking significant roles in, uh, uh, in this particular ministry and uh, uh, to me, this just gets more exciting week by week. Yeah, well, it's a it's a great opportunity, and you know, some of the listeners um, who've who've listened to my story in the past would know that I'm new, come over from Sydney, and you know, there's there's sometimes a little bit of a view from the east coast that you know people on the other side, you know, it's all smaller, and you know, they're doing less and everything. I've I've got to say, I'm quite impressed by what South Australia is offering up in time in terms of evangelism and ministry so i think it's a really great thing tell me how do you enjoy the uh, the adelaide winters we're not well, quite I there well i probably yet. haven't had a chance to actually um, experience it yet uh, so you know it's still pretty pretty mild but i'm figuring it 
you know, on the worst. So, you know, I might be might be nicely surprised. We've got 23 degrees today oh, here. Today so. was lovely. I went out for my walk this morning and uh, I actually went a little bit later than I normally did and uh, I, I found walking and I was walking in about 21 degrees. It was mid-morning before I went out and uh, the sky was blue and there was uh, not a breeze but uh, the sun was shining. Everything just was looking so wonderful and positive. I I, I thought, wow, this, uh, uh, this is an amazing blessing uh, to be able live in this part of the uh, Lord's creation. Yeah, absolutely. God's just easing me into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just a quick question that I've been a little bit curious about, Gary. What was the idea and what was the, the, the behind uh, your uh, idea to bring this program together? Yeah, look, look. I think Tracy, it's not so much uh, my idea. Um, this is one of the things that uh, has has come about as the result of a, the work of a lot of people. Mm. You know, it was probably um, eight or ten years ago now. Faith FM uh, and originally kicked off, yes. and uh, Faith FM. A lot of people don't actually realise that the the Seventh Day Adventist Church now uh, has actually purchased about almost two hundred low power FM radio licences around Australia. Now, they're actually uh, really significant because while any one license might only cover a, a power of, you know, a 15 kilometres or so, we go to some of our country towns. That's quite enough to be able to cover the entire town. I know we've just purchased a licence up at Cooper PD. It's not live just uh, just yet, but it's certainly big enough to be able to cover the entire town of Cooper PD. We've got almost 200 of those particular licences. And, you know, one of the things I suppose we're so conscious of is that there is a real dearth, um, I believe, of, uh, of Christian material on the secular media. Now, you know, we're not professionals uh, at this particular point, but I would like to think, Tracy, that we're actually getting a little bit better uh, at uh, uh, at running uh, Christian radio. Yeah, 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 and and it's great to hear that we've got more more. Um Boosters, did you call them, or antennas? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, more antennas. We've yeah. uh, uh, we just picked another one up at out at uh, Murray Bridge. It's a beautiful little town. I passed that church for for twelve months just a, a little while ago, and that's a beautiful little town. But the aerial will certainly cover the entire town there, and uh, and we think this is a uh, this is a wonderful blessing and a, an amazing ministry that I believe that it was the Lord who opened up so many doors, and, and this is just one program amongst many uh, being run by so many dedicated people and so many lay people are actually involved in this particular ministry I I believe God is really working in an amazing and a powerful way. Yeah, praise God if we can get the st- the, the share the good news to more people yeah, then, then that's, indeed. that's all great indeed. news that's all great news now our listeners our Friday regulars they may be missing our normal host, Nick Creta. And so Nick's been actually roaming around up in uh, the Northern Territory, Darwin, all of this area. Some of it's been a bit of a holiday. Some of it's been a little bit of work. But he wanted to um, have a chat with us today because there's some exciting things going on there. So we're going to connect over to, to Nick and have a chat with him. And he's got a person that he'd like to introduce us to just to give us um, some information about some great stuff that's happening. So, um, Nick, are you there? Hello, Nick. Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. I can. Can, I c- can you hear me? 
Yes, I can hear you. We can hear you coming through loud and clear. So just tell us a little bit about what you've been um, doing up there. You've been up in the, the Northern Territory, Alice Springs, Darwin. You've been roaming around. Just let us, uh, the listeners who they might be missing you because they're used to hearing you on, on Fridays. Just um, tell them a little bit about what you've been up to and then maybe we'll move on to some of that exciting news that you wanted to make sure that we all hear about. Sure. Uh, Tracy, it's really exciting to be able to witness something amazing here in uh, central Australia, in the outback of Australia. Now, last night, and I shared that with the program uh, with Helen and uh, Fabiano last night, that I was uh, uh, at the rock, and a lot of people are visiting that place because of that big rock. But what right now, what I'm going to uh, share with you is that... Uh, People here in the outback, they found the rock. They found Jesus Christ. He's the rock on which the church is built. <laughs> and these people are going to be baptized tomorrow. 20 or 30 people. Is that right, uh, David? I got next to me here, Pastor David Gilmore from Alice Spring Church. David, how many people do we have ready for baptism tomorrow? We have 20 people from Fink and we have more than 10 people from Alice Springs. So I don't know the final number, but it's going to be 30 plus. Oh, that's amazing. And I've got two people next to me here, young and old. I'll probably introduce um, this gentleman here. What's your name and where are you from? I'm from Fink. Nick, whereabouts is the Fink? Oh, think it's in the center of Australia. You know, just not far from think it's actually the right about the center of Australia. And these people are part of the community of think and uh, also some other groups around think. Now, David, you can give more. Um, think is about twenty kilometers from the geographical center. It used to be a railway line, and uh, it is a, an Aboriginal community of about one hundred and fifty people. And it, there are more Seventh-day Adventists in that community than any other Aboriginal community in Australia. And already, now there'll be, uh, it's going to be considerably increased. So there'll be about 50 baptisms, 51 baptisms that have been there over the last 10 years or so. Oh, that's amazing news, uh, Pastor David. And I'd like to just very quickly to ask um, this gentleman, he, he's from another community uh, around Fink. Where are you from? And what's your name? I'm from Mimili. You're from Mimili, and your name is? Neville, Godwin. All right, and you're going to be baptized tomorrow? Yep. Oh, that's great, brother. It's very good to have you with us here. But how about a young, young girl here? Can you come closer to me here and tell uh, us your name, please? My name is Delilah. Delilah. Can you speak up a little bit? Just, uh, well, how old are you, Delilah? Eleven. Eleven years old, and you decided to follow Jesus? Yes. Oh, praise the Lord for that. And there are many people coming here. What's your name, please? Magdalene. Your name is Magdalene, and where are you from? Pink. All right, you are from Pink, too. You see, uh, we have a big community from Pink coming here. Tomorrow will be an exciting event here in Alice Spring. And David, what would you like to point out more about this event? I think the event is amazing because... The Fink community are now becoming missionaries themselves. They have uh, the two men here that we've spoken to. Uh, they play keyboard, guitar. They're very good with music. They're going to other communities and sharing Jesus. So they've come to Alice Spring to minister to us as well as uh, having a baptism. 
Uh, they are dedicated to Jesus, and they are doing an amazing work to share his message. Uh, in fact, one community is now Sabbath-keeping before them, and from Mimali, uh, Neville has some of his family coming up to be baptised. Mimali is actually in South Australia, but yeah. it's across the border, and uh, it's exciting. Think is it just a, a centre where the Lord has really blessed and there's some wonderful people there. That's really great. And guys, I know you need to carry on with the program tonight, but this is some exciting news uh, happening here in the outback of uh, Australia. And Tracy, you mentioned a bit earlier about uh, Faith FM and the licenses we yes, have. Yes, You see, even in, uh, in the outback here, we have some other means that people can listen to the vast uh, uh, program, which uh, the indigenous people in, uh, in the outback, they can listen to our programs, uh, Faith FM uh, programs. We are very excited, and we can tell you stories and stories, but what I would like to say to our listeners is that in the next uh, few weeks, we'll have quite a few programs featuring what's happening here in the central of Australia, in Alice Spring, and not only, because just uh, Sunday, uh, last Sunday, I had few interviews from uh, uh, Mataranka, a place where uh, the little black princess lived some of her life there, and that's an amazing story about that girl who put Australia on the map, and you may know about the movie, We Are of the Never Never, and Bet um, Bet uh, was featuring in that uh, movie too. And these are indigenous people from, you know, from the outback of Australia, coming to the Lord, finding Jesus, giving their life to Jesus. And they are exciting to follow Jesus and tell others about the good news, the gospel. And we are exciting here too. Please stay tuned for the next few weeks because we have some interviews coming up. But this is um, pretty much uh, what we can tell you right now here. And thank you for having us with you for the Drive Time program. Just before you go, though, Nick, there's one question that I have. You're up in the middle of the desert. To be baptised, you need lots of water. You know, we don't sprinkle or anything <laughs> like that with baptisms. Where the heck are these people going to be baptised? And Tracy, it's a pity that we cannot put pictures through to the radio to show you the preparation here in Alice Spring and, and the here where the people will be will be baptized. There is water, you know, coming from the tap. Uh, it's a pity that we couldn't go to one of those beautiful uh, holes somewhere in the uh, McDonald's Rangers here, but uh, definitely everything is organized, Tracy. Oh, that's great. That's 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 absolutely wonderful yes, David, news. David just, oh, sorry, Tracy. David just wanted to say something quickly. Actually, we have no shortage of water in our springs ever because it all comes from underground and we're under one of the biggest underwater basins that you would find anywhere. So we never have water shortage in Alice Springs. And we never have, a, well, there's obviously no shortage of the Holy Spirit and the rain that is falling <laughs> on the hearts of the people here. And these young people, by the way, are going to perform for us. Uh, we're going to have a big concert. Tomorrow we're going to have a big banquet. We've spent $1,500 on a professional meal. We've got two cooks in our church here that have been cooking and preparing. And we're so excited. We're all excited. Alice Springs is excited. Pink is excited. And all of these ones that have been uh, talking to you will be very active in ministry tomorrow as well as being baptized. 
And that's wonderful. You may be generous now that you're not with us here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that's that's wonderful. We we rejoice when there's one person who makes that decision. So when there's quite a big group, that's that's just a a, a wonderful thing. And uh, I just ask our listeners to be thinking and praying for all of these people as they take that big step tomorrow, as they commit their lives formally to to a life with with God at the centre. And we just thank you, Nick. And David, for all the work that you're doing uh, in helping to to guide these people through this uh, very important decision. And um, we just pray that everything will go uh, really well and that you'll have a wonderful day there tomorrow. So thank you for sharing that with us. And we look forward to updates further on. Oh, we've got lots to share. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, God bless you guys. All right, thank you. Lovely to speak to you. Bye. Well, that was nice to have that chat, wasn't it? So let's take a break right now. We're going to be starting off with uh, the Porter's Gate, God the Maker. We bring a time, we bring a treasure. Lay them down before your throne. You will make them something greater.
FM on the go with the free Faith FM app, available for Apple and Android. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Tracy Papandreou and today our co-host is our very own Pastor Gary Hodgkin who normally sits on the other side of the desk as one of our Drive Time hosts. Pastor Gary is pastor of the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in Adelaide and he's going to be guiding us through today's discussion. But just before we do that, I'd like to let uh, you listeners know about a great offer that we have available for you today uh, as a free offer offer we have the book Creation and Evolution available. Now this is a book that's written by Dwight K. Nelson and uh, it's about, it's a thoughtful look at the evidence that a master designer created our planet and it goes on, I'm just going to read the synopsis, it says the debate is heating up. Did a loving God create this earth or are we the random product of millions of years of natural selection? Is the Bible teaching of a literal six-day creation viable given the scientific evidence pointing toward evolution? Or can both theories be successfully blended into one? And so uh, this book takes a look at the evidence and uh, it will help you in uh, being able to come to some conclusions about that. So we encourage you to get onto that offer. What you need to do is you need to text into us 0488 880811 and just text in the word creation and evolution and we'll uh, take your details there and be able to get that book out to you. Also, just to let you know that we really do love uh, interaction with you. So if you've got any comments or questions, you can use that number 0488 880811 to just text us in with any comments that you might have or any questions that you might have. We might not necessarily be able to actually deal with them during the program, but we certainly will be taking them and reviewing them and uh, responding as we can. So today's topic that we're going through is why is my worldview important? Gary, why is my worldview important? Yeah, Tracy, hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate your, uh, your introduction there. It's fantastic to be, uh, able to share on, uh, on this side of the, uh, on this, this side of the desk. Now, of course, this week, what we've been talking about is this whole issue of, uh, worldview. We've been talking about creation. We've been talking evolution. And, uh, what one of the things we've noticed is that so many of our conclusions actually result as a, or come from 
our worldview or how we, our presuppositions, how we actually look at our big wide world. Now, just this, uh, just this week, I, I received actually from uh, uh, one of the sites, uh, a newsletter from one of the sites that I do actually frequent. Uh, this is actually the, uh, uh, this is the American Worldview Inventory. 2021. Now, this has just been released this this week, and this comes from the Cultural Research Centre at the Arizona Christian University. And lo and behold, this is uh, release number three. They actually release one about every two weeks uh, after they have uh, done their annual uh, research. And uh, uh, to me, I couldn't believe the subject when I actually saw it because the subject was uh, uh, worldview. And I thought, ah, this is, this is something we're going to be talking about today. The thing in the executive summary at the very beginning, this is the thing that really jumped out at me and some of their conclusions to me, uh, actually to me, frightened me uh, because uh, uh, this is um, this is what the executive uh, summary concluded. Our nation, of course, this is talking about America and this is American research, but things are very similar uh, here, in, mm. here in Australia. Uh, our nation is undergoing a seismic generational shift in worldview driven by younger Americans, many of whom do not know, believe or care whether God exists and who overwhelmingly reject traditional moral values as irrelevant today. Now, Tracy, this is something that to me, it, it had, it really blew my mind somewhat. Uh, younger Americans, and that is those between 18 and, uh, and 40, the conclusions from their research is that most do not know, believe or care whether God exists. Now, this it's a big a cr- shift, isn't it, from from years ago, where you know um, people might have had different kind of views on God, but there certainly wasn't a, you know, I don't really care whether God exists. Kind of uh, that was very much not the majority. Most people really did believe in God, and and that was a part of of their thinking or their worldview, if exactly, you like. Exactly, because this is actually impacting. Worldview, because if in fact I don't know or care if God exists, then hey, that's going to impact the conclusions that I come to in so many areas. And of course, one of those areas is this whole uh, issue of uh, creation and evolution. I mean, if God doesn't exist or I don't care if God exists, then uh, obviously I must jump away from creation. I must you uh, jump to an evolutionary path, but it's not on a scientific basis. Well, this is very interesting because, you know, it isn't, we traditionally kind of work on the basis, well, let's look at the evidence, you know, a lot of people don't know about evidence for creation. So much of the evidence for evolution is put in their face, but not necessarily any of the evidence for creation. But and there is a lot of it. And ex- there is Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It just doesn't get the airplay that the other does. But here it's kind of going, well, I don't really care even, you know, so I have no interest whatsoever to even pursue trying to find out about what evidence there might be. In fact, the executive summary carries on and it just says some amazing... And look, folks, can I I share with you, if you would like to get a copy of this particular report, it's just been released, you need to go to the Cultural Research Centre of Arizona Christian University and you're looking for the American Worldview Inventory 2021 and this is 
this release number three. There will be about ten of them uh, all, all together, but this is number three in their series. The beliefs and behaviours of younger Americans, it says, especially millennials, threaten to reshape the nation's religious parameters beyond recognition. I'd suggest that's actually already happened. Mm-hmm. In fact, the radical spiritual revolution has created a generation seeking a reimagined world that is without God, without the Bible, and without churches, according to the latest research. Now, to me, Tracy, I want to re—I want to reimagine my world, but I want to do it without God, without the Bible, and without churches. How's that going to change a world? To me, it's a bit scary, actually, because if you think about all our laws are based on the Judeo-Christian principles, you know, that, that come from God. Indeed. And when we decide to pull that standard away, when we just pull that rug out from, pull the rug out from underneath us, well, what becomes our standard? And what is the thing that will inform what becomes a law? And what's a valid law? What needs to be introduced or, or not? It kind of, to me, that's a scary situation. This, this is where, in the end, personal opinion. Uh, and, you know, in the Old Testament, there's actually a passage. I think it's towards the end of the uh, book of book of Judges. It's uh, it simply says, "And every man did that which is right in his own eyes." And of course, at that particular time, what happened is that within Israel, the whole uh, the whole framework of law started to break down because every man was just doing that which is right in his own eyes. And what you're actually getting today is. It's exactly the same dynamic happening, but of course, if there are no foundations, then uh, the and there's no worldview that says, "Hey, there's somebody bigger than myself." Uh, then um, uh, at that point, uh, evolution is really the only re- the only direction I can go. You know, my worldview is actually predetermining my conclusion. You know, Tracy, I'll come back to this in just a moment, but you know, one of the things that really jumped out at me some some time ago was that I, I actually went on holidays, and I'm one of those people that on holidays likes to uh, read books that um, are uh, can be a little bit a little bit challenging. And um, I actually stumbled across a book in in a Christian bookstore. It was actually written by Dr. John Lennox. Uh, it's actually entitled Against the Flow. Now, Dr. John Lennox is, of course, a professor of mathematics at uh, uh, Oxford University, but he's also a great Christian apologist. He's a person who defends the Christian Christian faith, and he started to uh, to talk about in in this book, uh, which is his commentary on the Book of Daniel. Um, he starts to talk about the uh, uh, the the Christian world as it currently is, and there were a couple of things that really jumped out at me. This is what Doctor John Lennox uh, actually talked about. I mean, he was talking about the issue of the supernatural. You see, Tracy, one of the things that is is so uh, that many people don't realize is that the Christian church uh, actually has as one of its foundations a belief in the supernatural. There is a supernatural yes. God. Uh, you know, the Christian church believes in things like, you know, a supernatural virgin birth, a, a supernatural resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, a supernatural, uh, supernatural miracles. Uh, it talks about uh, the existence of Satan. It talks about, you know, supernatural predictive prophecy. So much of... Uh, the Christian church actually has a different worldview to the secular world 
that we actually see all around us. And the major difference is that the Christian church has actually got this uh, understanding that there is a supernatural element that goes beyond the, um, uh, the just just the secular things that the, the naturalistic world that we see around us and can explain. Uh, so it's now, not just philosophy. It's, it's not just good philosophy. It's there's not, more to it. Than there's that. a lot more to yes. it. And, and John Lennox actually comes around and says, "Well, what's the evidence?" For this, and it's I'm really interested. To, uh, one of the things that he actually he actually wrote. Uh, this is what he said. In other words, the fulfilment of supernatural prophecy, being he picks up on supernatural prophecy, lies at the heart of what Christianity is. To claim to be a Christian and not take it seriously, we're talking the supernatural and particularly supernatural prophecy, is a contradiction in terms. Yet, in my experience, many professing Christians seem somewhat em. Embarrassed by this dimension of their faith. You know, when he read that, I sort of thought, wow, this is, this is so important what he's actually saying. Yes. Uh, then he kept on going. Christianity is thoroughly embedded in, his, uh, in history and in prophecy. Many of its central events, including the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, were the subject of predictions made centuries earlier. In fact, Christ was crucified for claiming to be the Son of Man, predicted by Daniel, who would one day come in the clouds of heaven. I'm only too well aware that contemporary culture in the West is so dominated by the naturalistic worldview. And of course, that's the worldview that says, as things were yesterday, so they shall be tomorrow and forevermore. It's so dominated by the naturalistic worldview that anyone who claims that there's a supernatural dimension to a reality is looked at uh, um, and mocked. You know, to me, this is Dr. John Lennox. He's the head of the uh, of the mathematics department at Oxford University. Um, he is in the purest of the sciences. So he's a man used to dealing with logic. He's a man that's willing to deal with with logic, and yet he he's saying, "Hey, um, to me, I have to believe there is something beyond uh, what we actually see day by day." You know, yes. to me, when he said that, I, a chill actually went down my back because I thought, hey, uh, there is something, so, he's saying something is so important to you, something so relevant uh, to the world in which we are actually living today. Um, you know, to me, this is something that has to impact, uh, I believe, the world in which we are actually living. And would you say, Gary, that um, perhaps this... Um focus on evolution, um, this negating of the supernatural side of Christianity is perhaps why we don't see more power in in the church at this point in time. I think you have to link the two. I don't think the two uh, can be can be divorced. You see, what I'm so conscious of is that so many of the um, uh, so many of the conclusions 
that we are coming to our society today are not being driven by scientific evidence, but rather are being um, uh, driven by something that is simply our presuppositions. I'm not prepared to accept that there is a God. Uh, therefore, if there's no God, I've got to explain what I see around me in some way. This is a way, so that will do. Do you know, Tracy? Just a little while ago, another uh, another one another one of my holidays. My my family gets sick of me reading uh, reading this material on my holidays. Everyone else goes and reads something else, but I you go uh, on holiday to uh, read a uh, uh, read a difficult uh, book. To, to read a difficult <laughs> book, you know, it's a it's a terrible thing. But I was actually, in fact, I was actually up in the Adelaide Hills and uh, uh, wonderful little bookstore up there. It doesn't uh, give all the books that uh, uh, all on the common bookstores give. This actually gives books that are, to me are really worth reading. And uh, I was there one particular day, and um, I I stumbled upon a book, and it was actually entitled The Paradox of Evolution. Now, of course, that's what we're actually talking about uh, this uh, this week. Mm. And uh, this is is actually written uh, by um, uh, by a gentleman, Stephen Rothman. Now, uh, Stephen Rothman is. Uh, uh, let me see if I can just remember uh, where he uh, where he comes from. Uh, pr- Stephen Rothman is professor emeritus in physiology and cell and tissue biology at the University of California in uh, in uh, uh, San Francisco. Now uh, he is not a Christian, um, but uh, he's he's really struggling, and the book is about. His struggle because as a committed, and he says, I am a committed evolutionist. But what he then says is, we have a problem. He's not prepared to accept the Christian um, uh, intelligent design uh, solution. He will not accept that. But he doesn't know where else to go. And he's big enough to admit and that there's holes look, in the problem because there's, there, there are big gaping holes in the well, evolution debate, but many will not actually even allow that to be said. I I love the things which he actually write and the sheer honesty of, of this fellow is is actually mind blowing. The book's the paradox of evolution. If any of you want to get it and get it online, but this is this is some of um, uh, this is some of the things that he says. Um, it's fair to say that Darwin's theory has become settled science, a central paradigm of biology, though commonly thought of as established fact of nature, proven by incontrovertible evidence. No longer a suspect theory. Some scientists, philosophers, and laypers not only think that it is unproven, but it's little more than unsubstantiated, even an unjustified hypothesis. Now, we're not talking about some Christian person who's trying no. to push the uh, religious um, the religious bandwagon. This guy is actually presents uh, something that, and he actually, the evidence, uh, the struggle that he's got is with the issue of human sexuality. Because he says it's the one thing that is totally unmentioned. He said uh, it cannot be explained. He said I cannot find any explanation for it. How he said, you know, does how do through natural uh, processes how do two people uh, so closely get uh, human uh, human the, the human genome in two people so that when they come together they blend perfectly and how do you do that without a designer 
and uh, how does it evolve? And uh, the whole book is actually on the issue of human sexuality and um, and how that did or how he would like to propose that uh, uh, that it did actually um, originate. He um, um, he goes on and he shares this. Uh, as for the ordinary um, reason, uh, the, uh, for the ordinary person, the idea that science is a purely rational enterprise, a pursuit sceptical of its own ideas and evidence, is merely what science should be. As practised, scientific belief is neither simply nor directly the product of reason or of or an objective evaluation of evidence, no matter how popular that belief is. A great observer of science, Thomas Kuhn, uh, impressed on us what should be obvious. Like all human activities, science is unavoidably a reflection of our fallen nature. We practice science as we live life with all our flaws, even when considering scientific uh, theory. You know, when he, to me, I actually appreciate what he's saying because yeah, he's, he's being honest. He's isn't he? being incredibly uh, mm. honest, and uh, you know, as a, as a person studying in the science, you know, who, who is studying in the sciences, I found it a very refreshing book. He, he certainly didn't come with, con- with with Christian presuppositions. He's not trying to prove the Christian worldview. He's not trying to prove um, creation. But what he's saying. Is that evolution has got some very big problems here. You know, my friend, you know, one of the things that stands out to me, though, is that uh, books like this are not advertised. Um, no. They're not no. advertised. Why are they not advertised? Um, you know, there are presuppositions that are actually floating around because of our worldview. As I, as I look at this, I say, uh, hey, you know, that's scarcely fair what is even being presented uh, to many of our High school students. Yes, and and you do hear, and I've I've uh, read articles and and watched documentaries about the fact that there are many um, scientists who they are struggling. Um, they just want to get intelligent design. Let's not even put God as the name on it. Uh, they just want to get that on the table, and they are being silenced. There is funding that's being removed if they suggest to even go there. So, um, so the fact, if we think that it's um, that's a fair world, and we're getting a, a, a fair viewpoint that's being um, shown to us, that that's just not the reality of it. Let's just move along, and we'll go on to some music. Now we've got for the beauty of the earth. Oh, 
share a program with a friend? Tell them about the free Faith FM app where they can easily listen to hundreds of programs and podcasts. And welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Tracy Papandreou. And today our co-host is Pastor Gary Hodgkin. And Gary's pastor of the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in Adelaide and another of our uh, Drive Time presenters. And today we've been discussing why is worldview important. And just before we move on, go, going back to the topic, I uh, just wanted to remind our listeners of that offer that we have available for you today. That is the book Creation and Evolution, written by Dwight K. Nelson. It's a thoughtful look at the evidence that a master designer created our planet. As we were talking earlier, you can see that uh, we're not necessarily getting a fair airplay in terms of the evidence for creation and the evidence for evolution. So it uh, behoves Christians to, and everyone actually, to be aware of what evidence is out there. So this book can really help you with uh, understanding some of that. So if you'd like to get a copy of that, please text us on 488 and just text creation and evolution and we'd be glad to get that book out to you. Now, Gary, before the break, we were talking about the fact that there's not really uh, even airplay on the topic about uh, evidence for creation and evidence for um, uh, evolution. I think I think you that's certainly 100% correct. In fact, you know, to me Tracy, it's not just there's not even airplay. One of the the more recent and troubling developments to me, uh certainly in the last uh, in the last few years is that uh, the uh that the day of uh of quality discussion appears to have passed. 
Uh, and to me, more and more, I'm sensing that the person who can actually shout the loudest is the one who ends up winning the argument. You know, to me, I well remember when I was, you know, doing it during my, my university, my college days, um, one of the things I used to really appreciate were lecturers who would allow us to actually debate uh, different points of view uh, within the classroom environment so that, you know, you might even set up uh, debates for and against a, a controversial issue. I can well remember the euthanasia debate, you know, mm. uh, debating debating that for and against and uh, uh, you were told, you know, okay, you're on this side, you're on that side, and go and go and simply do your research, do your homework and do the debate. And that was actually your, uh, it was part of of learning to be able to, to mature, uh, to have a mature discussion. Uh, on social media particularly today, um, has gone very much a different direction. Uh, we've gone to the direction of the person who can shout the loudest wins the argument. You know, Tracy, for me, that's incredibly troubling. Uh, because well, our world's not better off for it, is it? We've got world- so much more unrest. Uh, that uh, that is precisely the case. You know, if you come back to this uh, American worldview uh, inventory, um, I've only got one third of the way to it and through it. And uh, my friends, I, I would encourage uh, listeners who may be interested in this uh, particular um, research. It's done by the Cultural Research Centre at Arizona Christian University, and it's called the American Worldview Inventory 2021. And this is uh, release number three that I'm quoting for. It's just been released this week. You know, if you are part of a church and you want to challenge a church, this is worth uh, picking up and just uh, just sharing. Um, uh, it, it talks about those aged um, eighteen uh, to, to thirty six, and uh, and this is one of the one of their conclusions. Uh, this age group is significantly more likely than older Americans to define success in terms of personal happiness. They condone abortion if pregnancy could inhibit personal happiness. They are quite happy to accept premarital sex, view reincarnation as possible, embrace liberal positions on social and fiscal issues, as well as very liberal uh, theology. Now, there may be nothing wrong with questioning uh, some of the positions of the past, uh, but you know, to me, I think it's equally important to have an understanding as to why positions in the past have actually been formed. You know, I really appreciate the scriptures you know when I come to, uh, uh, to come to the second epistle of Peter Peter gives such a, a such a beautiful understanding this is one of the things that he says about the word of God he says about the, the scriptures so we have the prophetic word confirmed that's what John Lennox was actually talking about in that book that, that I read so we have the prophetic word conclu- uh, confirmed which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is given by any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as though were moved by the Holy Spirit. Do you know, Tracy, to me, I don't know what this says to you, but to me this is incredibly powerful because what uh, Peter is actually saying is that the Scriptures are actually like no other book. The Scriptures have actually got are, are actually unique in their form. Uh, most books that we pick up at the bookstop, in fact, all books that we pick up at the bookstop, have simply been uh, come out of
out of the minds of humanity. Somebody mm-hmm. has sat down, someone has done research, somebody has uh, has created the story, somebody has written the story, but you know it's not inspired. But that's not what the uh, what St. Peter uh, says about the writings of the Scriptures. What he says is that uh, God, through the Holy Spirit, actually inspired people. Now, what that actually means is that God moved on the minds of the individuals and told them exactly, hey, these are things that I want you to reveal. It comes from a supernatural force, a source, according to Paul, to Peter. Now, tell me something, Tracy. How does What does that say to you? Well, it distinguishes the Bible for me from any other philosophical teachings because I see that there is a supernatural element to it. I know that there is a um, God who knows the beginning from the end. He is the one who has been in 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 charge, if you like, of ensuring that those who who uh, write wrote the scriptures were inspired and had that information. It's comforting to me. It gives yeah. me brings me great comfort because I know that I don't necessarily have to get too concerned about what I see before my eyes right now. And, you know, the thing that really I appreciate is people like John Lennox. And, I mean, John Lennox is is no fool. But what he, he, he takes this particular passage as absolutely core and what he, what he says is that Christianity is thoroughly embedded. In other words, what is the evidence for what the Bible is actually saying. Now, this to me is the thing that we mustn't, you know, faith isn't something that is blind. There are some people who say faith is blind. No, it is not. If you are worshipping a God through blind faith, then you're not worshipping the God of the Bible. Because the God of the Bible is so clear uh, that he actually provides evidence. And, you know, John Lennox is just uh, so, so clear. And I agree with him totally. Christianity is thoroughly embedded in history and in prophecy. Many of its central events, including the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ, were the subject of predictions made century earlier. You know, John is just making such a powerful point here. You know, he's backing up what Peter is actually saying. Now, you know, this has to impact the way that I view my world. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's, it's obvious that no one was there at the time of creation. So just as the evolutionists want to put their theories forward, there was no one there at that time when they say that it started. So, you know, there, there's there's faith required on either side, but the scriptures give us a really good understanding of and you the know, plan. Tracy, I know we have to finish, but, you know, the, I'm so conscious, you know, in my years as pastoral ministry, one of the, the major reasons why many do not wish to accept uh, this particular belief. Do you know the very moment that I say, hey, there is a supernatural God uh, that uh, that has actually uh, created me? It means I'm a son, I'm a daughter of the Most High God. Mm. Uh, but, you know, it also means that I may be accountable to him. Yes, yes. And at that point, that is the, that is the issue that uh, undergirds, I found, so many people moving away from this particular belief. And you know, my, you know, I, I'm just so conscious, conscious, Tracy, that it's, um, it's this issue that is central to this entire debate. Uh, and I, 
I pray that if people don't know the invisible God, they'll give him a chance. Just yes, simply say, God, if you are there, prove yourself to me. Give him a go. Give him a chance. Uh, and I think you'll be very surprised at what your prayer uh, will actually uh, result in. And a final thought, or is that the final That's thought the you final want to leave thought. people I, I, with? I won't go another sermon. Yeah. Sorry, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's there's a number of stories where I've heard people have been at that point where they've said, God, you know, if you exist, show yourself. Help me and to and know. And, and so many supernatural stories of, of that actually taking place that God shows himself strongly. So it looks like our time's pretty much up for today. Thanks for joining me, Tracy Papandreou, and Pastor Gary Hodgkin on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us again next week when we'll embark on our next theme in this series, Myth 2. The dead are in heaven. On Monday, Joseph and Will are going to ask, does the Bible teach a future of harps, white robes, and mystical beings? You won't want to miss that one. So, Gary, would you like to uh, finish this off with a prayer, please? Love to, love to. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you right now. I want to say thank you for being the all-powerful God. I want to say thank you for being the God who moves on the hearts of uh, humanity. Lord, I want to say thank you for being the creator God. I want to say thank you for being the, the supernatural God, the miracle-working God, mm. the God who could raise Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd be with each of our listeners. If there's somebody who's struggling with this thought, I just pray that you'd reveal Reveal yourself to them. Uh, Lord, I pray that indeed they might become uh, abundantly blessed by you, that they might know that indeed you are real. We ask, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. So we look forward to having you with us again. But until then, please remember these precious words of Christ. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. And that's from John fourteen twenty seven. May God richly bless you.